The Midwest Film Nerds Podcast is available on Stitcher Radio. Download the free app in the Android and iTunes app stores to start streaming our show today. Stitcher also has a desktop app and a web app for listening on your computer. Go to stitcher.com for more detail. Welcome to the Midwest Film Nerds Podcast. I'm Alex. I'm Nick. I'm Tim. Today we're going to talk about some listener feedback. We've got a big news item to go over. And then finally we're going to discuss the Wachowskis, Jupiter Ascending. Tim, is that proper use of that introduction? I think so. Okay, good. I approve. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. They're not... Uh, oh, whoever the Dracula... Scott Wall or whoever <laughs> Dracula, Dracula director was. Okay. Uh, before we get to that... Feedback at MidwestFilmNerds.com. Send us your feedback about our show and the things that we talk about. At MFN Podcast on Twitter and Instagram. Midwest Film Nerds Podcast on Facebook and Vine. And 248-7335-MFN, which is 248-7335-636. Give us a call. We might play it on the air and talk about it. But speaking of feedback, we've got feedback from three whole listeners today. Whole ones. Uh, Whole listeners. Not half, not half or quarter <laughs> listeners. No segmented listeners. Yes. So uh first one here is from Alistair uh from, from Shanghai, all the way from Shanghai. It says Ni Hao film nerds. I thoroughly enjoyed your twenty fourteen roundup, especially Nick's impression of the sound of a pretentious poser soliloquizing on the virtues of inherent vice. Can you do a bonus episode of Nick talking like that about nymphomaniac? I expect to be exactly the guy that Nick is lampooning once I get around to seeing Inherent Vice. So smack my face, Nick. Smack my face. <laughs> and then his email goes on to reveal his, <laughs> his best of for 2014, which you can find on our website, MidwestFilmNerds.com. I updated the post, and it now has three more lists on it. So from, uh, from Alistair, and then I lost Youp's best of, so that's now in there too. And uh, Nikki. The official fiance of the Midwest Film News podcast. Her uh, best of 2014 is up there too. So, uh, yeah, Nick, Nymphomaniac. <laughs> <laughs> I think people might rather actually sit through Nymphomaniac than that bonus episode. Have, but you, have you seen Nymphomaniac? No, so I could totally be wrong, actually. Yeah. Uh, yeah. What if you do that bonus episode and you do your Stallone impression <laughs> the whole time? Yeah. <laughs> Stallone and a neckbeard review. It's really, it's really great. It's, it's, the show is really good. The, the goods. Stallone soliloquizing about nymphomaniac. He has experience in, in softcore porn, so he, he may have insight that some of us don't. He's got a layer of expertise that he can just can call through. upon. All right. All right. Sounds good. Tim, you got to join us, though. I don't have any impressions. I used to do a Dennis Miller impression, <laughs> but only of his laugh. Oh, okay. Yeah. You also, well, you can, you can, you can laugh as you'll just be the, you'll be the laugh track, but you'll be Dennis Miller and you'll be you'll Kevin be the Ed, Smith. You'll be the Ed McMahon for our show. <laughs> you'll, you'll be Kevin Smith and then at the end you'll sign off with a Snoochie's Boochies and we'll call it a day. Yeah, the Dennis Miller was, <laughs> Beautiful. That was it. Beautiful. So you get that for, we'll, we'll do a 30 minute episode of all of that and the listeners are going to love it. Yep. I'm sure. April Fool's is on a Wednesday this year, so. We I'll swap out my pretentious guy for Aaron Taylor Johnson from Godzilla. <laughs> <laughs> Just squint my way through the whole episode. Did she bang him? I, 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 I'm assuming that's what Nymphomaniac's about. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Can you fuck it? <laughs> All right, Alistair, thank you for writing in uh, with, with your comments. And, and uh, I, I do hope, I mean, Alistair, if you do see Inherent Vice, I sincerely hope you enjoy it. I really do. I won't, I won't verbally smack your face. Write in it. with your thoughts, because maybe you'll be more eloquent than I will, and, and Nick will see some value in the movie. <laughs> and, I'm, uh, yeah, and I'm normally totally that guy who, who is that guy that I'm making fun of, so that's probably why I feel comfortable <laughs> making fun of that. <laughs> All right. So the next two are a little connected. We got some feedback from Nancy. She enjoyed our top ten show, and she was able to guess my number one movie and Nick's number one movie and his number three movie, apparently. But she was very surprised that Need for Speed was on your top ten. As are we I all. Was, yeah, I was too. <laughs> um, so, but she wanted to get Stand around. She has a question. She said, um, question for you guys. How do you feel about movie awards? Do you feel like they're important? Or do you, do you ever tailor what you want to watch based on what was nominated? So before we get to that, 
Yup also wrote in. He said, hey guys, the Oscars are around the corner. This year, the Lego movie isn't nominated, and the Imitation Game is nominated for Best Editing. Most of the nominated films aren't even out here in the Netherlands. I feel like the Academy fails to represent the whole year with their nominations. This is totally unacceptable. And I have no doubt that there will be some controversy as to the winners as well. And then he says, but there is one Oscar winner that gets me really mad. In 2011, the King's Speech won for Best Original Screenplay. The thing that makes me mad is that Inception was also nominated in the same category. In my opinion, the script of Inception is far better than that of the, the King's Speech. Also, the King's Speech went on to win Best Director in Film. What do you think about this? Can we take the Oscars seriously anymore? And what are your biggest disappointments in Oscar history? Looking forward to your discussion about this. Bye, Yoop. Thank you, Nancy and Yoop. Uh, what do you guys feel about the Oscars? I feel like we've, we've, ta- we've touched on this a few times, but it always comes up around Oscar time. I don't even know when the Oscars are this year, but... Soon, I'm sure we're doing a live stream. I don't know. Oh, my God. <laughs> I completely forgot we did that. The that... runaway smash hit that was that live stream last year. That Tim's oh, yeah. dad watched for 20 minutes and then went, eh. <laughs> and then we decided with too much shirtless people out yeah, there. It, they were... get, it got shirtless quick. Yeah. Yes, it did. Uh, what, what do you guys think about the Oscars? I don't know. I can... I don't know. I like to watch them sometimes. Yeah. I don't really care. Um... I usually catch up on the movies because I usually don't see them in the theater. Yeah. But I catch up on the movies before the Oscars just so I have some sort of idea what I'm watching and then, like, who to root for. Okay. Uh, but, no, they they don't do a good job of a lot of things. It's not even just, like, the time of year. <laughs> yeah. Um, it, it's A lot of it's probably a political game. I don't know the back, the back workings of Hollywood. But, no, as far as disappointment, remember Crash won one year. And that movie's terrible. <laughs> and yeah. it beat out, like, two really good... It beat out Munich and Brokeback uh, that year. And those are both way better movies. A lot of movies are better than Crash. Yeah. Like, most movies, at least. That's what I hear. I've never seen Crash, but anytime... Not the Cronenberg one. Anytime, the Cronenberg no, one yeah. should have won. I was going to say the Cronenberg one is better than the, <laughs> than the Paul Haggis <laughs> passion so, piece. Yeah, it's a very safe show a lot of the time. Yeah. And I think that's part of it. But it's, I mean... I don't know. It's an, it's nice for Hollywood to do what they need to do. <laughs> <laughs> Nick, what do you think about the Oscars? I used to really enjoy them. Yeah. But it feels it's either me getting older and more cantankerous or just the Oscars legitimately getting worse and I think it's probably a pretty fair combination of the two. Yeah. Um and this year's Oscars are like a new low. <laughs> like the <laughs> the nominations are just p- pitiful across yeah. the board. Yeah. And you even mentioning the imitation game, like uh, the imitation game is not Oscar worthy in no. any category, save maybe, be- I mean, Benedict is really good, Yeah, but he can sink with the ship. I'm fine with that. Like it, it, the movie <laughs> should not be getting any acclaim for really anything, but I think it's got all those trappings of like Oscar bait that people get it, yep. get, get the willies for and they get all excited. Yeah. So that's just kind of disgusting. And, and I, it's not that really good movies didn't come out all year this year. We had a really good year for movies, but the the list of the Oscar noms just reads like a funnier die video on like the Oscars. It's just and like Oscar movie, the trailer. Remember that from a couple years ago? Yeah. Yeah. It was hilarious. And so on point. So this year <clears throat> I'm sure I'll watch them, but it's going to be probably a bit of a snooze fest. Yeah. I mean, for me, I like watching the Oscars because it's kind of fun seeing everybody together for one night, just kind of paling around. And it's sometimes the hosts are really good, too. And who's hosting it this year? I think it's Amy Poehler and no, they did the no, they Golden did the Golden Globes. Globes. Is it which has which has weirdly turned tables and been the more become the more legitimate awards show <laughs> yeah. back in the day it used to be like <clears throat> the little brother. And yeah. now it's the one where actors actually like get in, invested in. I think it might be Neil Patrick Harris. That sounds right. That's what I, was I think gonna... he's returning okay. after last year. Um, he's a pretty safe bet. Yeah. yeah. And he's a good host. Yes. You know. Yeah. Um, but. No, I, I'm a I'm a fan of Ron Swanson saying from Parks and Rec, basically, I think awards are stupid, but they're less stupid if they go to the right people. That kind of sums up a little bit how I feel about the Oscars. And by some accounts, we know that the Oscar game is pretty much just who can get out there and start their campaigning to the to the Academy members, you know, sooner and with the most amount of money and push the most at them. And to me, that's just kind of BS. So I try not to take them seriously. My biggest disappointment by far ever in the history of Oscars. Say it. 
Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross I, won for the social network over Tron Legacy and yeah. Inception. Both of those movies. Right. What? Garbage. Oh, but. What? One year, 3-6 Mafia won. <laughs> and it was the best thing that's ever happened that's at the true. Oscars. It was amazing. And they kind of deserved They totally deserved it. That what song is great. What was uh, Hustle, and there for, Hustle and Flow. Hustle and Flow. Hard out there for a pimp. Oh, okay. It was okay. really good. Yeah. It worked really well in the movie. That's, I approved. That's fair. But yeah, I, I, I'm, I will never get over Elevator Music winning over either. Right. Inception or, or Tron Legacy. So yeah, they and don't it, always get it right. No, they, just once in a while <laughs> when they give it to Three Six Mafia. Yeah, and that's when it's nice. It's yeah. like, oh, I didn't think that movie was going to win best. But like, if Wes Anderson wins Best Picture this year, I'd be kind of happy Is he with up the for Oscars. It? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, but um, well, he's the one director that recently was kind of in the in the spotlight because he's he's like, oh, fuck, uh, no, I don't yeah. I don't campaign for Oscars. Like, I don't that's play ridiculous. That game. Yeah, mm-hmm. homie, don't play that. No. <laughs> That's a direct quote from Wes Anderson. <laughs> <laughs> Here's a big in living color. As he was sipping from a some sort of fancy hipster drink. I'm sure. <laughs> Homie, don't play that. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. Oscars are dumb. We'll end up talking about them a little bit, I'm sure. Well, I watched Philomena, though, because it was Oscar nominated, and it was really good. But yeah, it was, and I, sometimes they do serve as good yeah. incentive for people to catch up on the movies yep. they yes. wouldn't normally see. Like the plebes will stop watching Transformers and watch. That's how I. And hell, yeah. if, if somebody that isn't normally going to seek out something like The Imitation Game watches it because of the Oscars, then I guess that's good because there are good things about it. It's uh, just, Nick, Transformers is an Oscar nominated film. So. Is it up for another? Is it up I don't for know. I know, I know Age, Age of Extinction or uh, Dark of Moon, whatever the hell it's called, was. So I'm sure this one is too. Okay. I'm pretty certain Probably. it's on there. Yeah. But that just well, goes to show wins. you. I hope it wins. Yeah. <laughs> part of the I mean, part of the problem or the reason a lot of the safe stuff always wins is the the way the voting system works like if everyone goes oh i i liked that movie it's kind of like the fresh rating like you'll read yep. on rotten tomatoes right. like oh technically that's fresh even though his review is like i didn't really like it but there's nothing yeah. wrong with it so everyone goes oh the king's speech was okay and then there's those extreme camps that were like I loved this movie, and the other ones go, well, I hated that movie. I love this movie, and then that kind of dumb one is the one that makes it to the shore <laughs> yeah. while the other two are fighting. <laughs> right. Yeah, and, and the weird thing, I feel like a lot of the times when we go, like, because I've thought about doing, we kind of did an Oscar wager last year just beforehand. We marked down which ones we thought were going to win or whatever, and when you get to that middle of the list that's like, all right, this is uh, best foreign film and best short and best documentary, and you haven't seen most of them. I feel like anybody, like everybody, and there's like two percent of the Academy that's probably seen two or three of the nominees in those categories. So those awards are probably just a total crapshoot, which is dumb. But I don't know. What do I know? <laughs> you know quite a bit. <laughs> I don't believe you. Um, <laughs> So we'll move on to our big, big bombshell of a of a piece of news. Nerds around the world rejoiced last night when, <laughs> well and truly, they did. Yes, when uh, Marvel and Sony announced that Spider Man will be joining the Marvel Cinematic Universe at like eleven fifteen p.m. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was it was weird, weirdly late, but uh, eight apparent- fifteen West Coast time though. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. That's true. Still and seems I- late. I heard there was some, like I don't know I, somebody said something about Japan being involved like they needed to release it I don't know but um, well, okay so here's the details Spider Man is going to be recast no Andrew Garfield he's gone uh, there's no confirmation that it'll be Peter Parker not yet it will be Peter Parker it, I'm 110 percent sure it's going to be peter parker I, I wish it would be somebody else but it's not peter or, but it is peter parker what if it's uh the guy from spider-man 2099 and no. just throw a complete curveball <laughs> it could happen no it miguel won't. o'hara he just rips open a portal at the end of yeah. captain america <laughs> <laughs> um he's going to appear in a marvel studios film first and then he will appear in a sony Pictures spider-man film which will be released on july 28 2017 Co-produced by Kevin Feige and his team at Disney, as well as Amy Pascal of Sony fame. Um, one of the main things I wanted to touch here, apparently no money exchanged hands. Nobody paid anybody anything. It was simply Sony being like, we need something, and Marvel was like, this is good for all of us. Please do this. 
So is it only the one movie that Marvel's involved in? Just the first solo Spider-Man movie? I think for now that's probably where it is. And they they have it has been stated that Sinister 6 is still in production and Venom is still in production and Marvel has nothing to do with those. Hmm. Mar- Marvel Studios and Kevin Feige is not producing it as of right now. Who knows cuz this could maybe come out and they'll be like, "Wow, this did amazing. Please come help us Kevin Feige." Where would you steer these? And then hopefully he'll be like, I would cancel both of these and not do them. But we'll see if that happens. So if uh, something sounded weird there, we're getting a Spider-Man film on July 28th, 2017. That was when Thor 3 was coming out, Thor Ragnarok. That has been pushed to November 3rd, 2017, which is when Black Panther was coming out, which has been pushed to July 6th, 2018, which Uh. is when Captain Marvel was coming out, which has been pushed to November 2nd, 2018, which is one in humans is coming out, so was coming out, so now it's been pushed to July twelfth, twenty nineteen. Notably, the two Avengers films stayed put. In humans is now after both of them. I think Car- Captain Marvel comes in between the two. So, lots of news here. What do you guys think? Thoughts, thoughts on Spider-Man joining the Marvel Universe? You want to go first? No, you're the you're the Spider Man. You're the you're the, the Uber. You're the Uber Spider Man fan. I'm I'm the Spider Man now. You are the Spider Man. Tim is the Spider Man now. You are the Spider Man. <laughs> I'm happy. Yeah. Um, because I don't. Regardless of what you think of any of the Spider Man movies, the quality of them, I think it's hard to argue that Sony did an awful job with the business aspect of this character. Like this is a movie people don't remember how I guess maybe how huge that first movie was. Mm-hmm. It was huge, Spider-Man 1. And every movie like Captain America makes more money than Spider-Man right now. <laughs> That's embarrassing. That's <laughs> like I don't know how you screw that up this badly. Yeah. And they've done it. And America. I think <laughs> I think they need to put him, and this is how sad it's gotten. I think they need to put him in a Captain America movie because they need to rehab the character. Yeah. Because they have, much like the comics in certain eras, they've beat the crap out of that character. Yeah. You, people don't know. I, the normal person has no idea what's going on with Spider-Man, I think, right now. <laughs> They're like, is this going to be another? Like, are we going to have to sit through his origin story? I imagine those do the Incredible Hulk thing. I hope so. Where they just throw like, his origin story up in the opening credits. And that's, oh, they better do that. So I don't even know if they'll do that at this point because we'll have him in presumably Captain America 3. Yeah. I think we'll just have his – he'll be there, and I don't think they'll even take the time to revisit the – Right. Yeah. I think they would do like a Hulk – like if they're – like their rehab of the Hulk kind of mm-hmm. – like right now they would just do a Mark Ruffalo Hulk movie and not touch on the origin at all. Right. So And I'm okay with that. Yeah. But. Yeah. Um, so I'm good with it. As far as Andrew, I feel bad for Andrew Garfield because he's a good Spider-Man at a terrible time. Yeah, like he got kind of lost. I think a little he, bit. He got the raw he, deal. He, but you got to go young, I think, too, because and I I think you got to go younger than him. So I want to. That's what they've said so far. They are going to skew a little younger. Because really, yeah, I think you have to. You there are so many. Like thirty year old, thirty to forty year old characters in the Marvel universe. Yeah. That if Spider Man's just another one, it doesn't separate him. But if he's if he's a kid, Toby's back. <laughs> oh my god! Can you imagine? <laughs> can you imagine old Tobes getting off the couch? <laughs> uh, but if he's if he's nineteen twenty years old, and he's up against that Spider Man to me, yeah. Like he's just kind of undermatched, but he's still gonna go for it, and like that's exciting to me. So I'm all for that. I'm all for this. All right. Nick? I, I'd wager that it's going to be pretty heavily influenced by Ultimate Spider-Man then, if that's the case, if he's going to be that young. It's weird because considering if his placement, if he's going to be in Captain America Civil War or whatever, yeah. in that story, Spider-Man is, is older Spider-Man. That's part yeah. of, and that's part of kind of what's going on is he's been he's been established as Spider-Man for like 15 years. So everyone knows who he is and no one knows his identity. And that's like the big moment. When he reveals who he is, everyone's like known for so long or hasn't known for so long that it's this crazy earth shattering moment. So uh, that'll be interesting to see what they do if uh, if they do make him a kid. I'm I'm not uh, I'm not opposed either way. I think uh, it's just going to be kind of cool to see Spider-Man. I think, I think we've forgotten 
how much he interacts with the rest of that universe yeah. all the time. And there's pictures everywhere that have, people have been pulling out now yep. out of the woodwork of like Thor, Cap, Iron Man, and Spider-Man and like Wolverine and shit chilling together. Yeah. And you always forget that Spider-Man, everyone knows him and everyone kind of likes him, but everyone's kind of annoyed by him all the time. Well, yeah. And like, he's just always there. So it, it's cool. I want to see him interact with like everybody because he kind of transcends the whole strata like he hangs out with the street level guys he and daredevil pal around together a lot and that's always awesome and oddly enough him and dr strange are kind of like bros and they <laughs> hang out all the time yeah. and it's really hilarious and interesting when peter's like i have a problem and he's like come with me into the astral realm and we'll solve it and spider-man's <laughs> like i don't know okay <laughs> like, he's always in like kind of like these weird he he hangs with the silver surfer and and then you know the avengers and that so it, it'll be really cool to see him in that universe it's kind of a shame that Marvel doesn't have him back outright. Yeah. And then I would understand when I woke up and my computer would not turn on. I'd be like, what is going on? Because all the internet is, has destroyed all computers because <laughs> Spider-Man's back at Marvel. Yeah. But it's, I think it's, it's really cool. It is exciting. I mean, ju- just when we were superhero movies were getting boring, yeah. something like this happens that kind of changes the landscape a, a little bit and ripples everything outwards and, I'm sure DC's kind of going, oh. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah that's, we need that's that teaser now. Yeah. <laughs> we need to get people back in the Batman train. But it's, uh, it is cool. It's going to be really interesting. The only thing that's really super shitty, there are two things. I, l- I really liked Andrew Garfield as Batman, or mm-hmm. as uh, Spider Man. He'd be a horrible Batman. <laughs> Might be a good Robin, though. Um, I really enjoyed him as Spider Man, and that's, that's going to be a bummer to see him go. Because, well, he had one really good Spider Man movie and then one. Uh, truly terrible spider-man movie so sorry andrew 50 50 i guess yeah and uh the other bit down the other big downside is that all those movies that we were all looking forward to i think got pushed significantly back yeah that's kind of a drag yeah i finally saw chadwick boseman in something yeah he's awesome would you see him i saw him in draft day of all things the (laughs) kevin costner draft movie which was kind of entertaining but he's really good in it he's just got a small part okay yeah yeah i'm excited i'm that I'm kind of worried about that. I'm wondering if they're going to cut back on the on the Chadwick Boseman because Spider-Man may now be a part of of uh, Civil War, right. but who knows? We don't we don't even really know what kind of role he was going to have in the first place. But um no, I think this is really cool. I'm kind of more excited to see if they start throwing Spider-Man in the Netflix stuff just to kind of get him around with the street level guys as Nick was saying if we see him pop up in like Daredevil season 2 although that's like 2025 20, at this point but i think it would be be cool to start seeing Spider-Man kind of pop if, up all if over they the place, reshot like a saying. scene for him to show up like in the finale or something of Daredevil that would be super cool that would be nuts There's a way to introduce a villain for Spider-Man too in a movie with Kingpin yeah yeah i don't know where you go villain wise either yeah that's the really weird thing is that it feels like it feels like they need to Stay away from everything they have touched before. Yeah, they can't do another Goblin. No. No. Which is such a shame because having Norman Osborn back in the Marvel Universe would be so sweet. That would be really cool. He's such a great (laughs) villain and on such a huge level, especially during Civil War. Yeah. So, Chris Cooper, come on back. (laughs) (laughs) No, man, get Willem Dafoe. (laughs) Just bring back Willem Dafoe, J.K. Simmons. Yep, yep. Totally. Just poach the cash from the first one. Minus Absolutely. Tobes. Yep. How, how funny would that be, though, if they just started taking, like, their favorite people from both sets of <laughs> It would of be movies. great. Sally Field's there. Although, <laughs> Rosemary Harris was awesome, too. Rosemary Harris but, was... Ooh, I, like I totally Rosemary. forgot we're going to lose uh, yeah. Sally Field. Yeah, I like yeah. I like both of them, but they work different and, like, different. They are super, yeah. very different. They work in their own way. Yeah. And Martin Sheen is on... But Cliff Robertson's pretty cool, too. Yeah. yeah whatever. I mean, they're Bring them all back. I think, he, I think he's dead. <laughs> Yeah, so. that's true. Oh yeah, we can't. Yeah. Well, maybe. Yeah. Then maybe. Art imitating can... life or life <laughs> imitating art. Maybe Doctor Strange can bring him back. <laughs> All right, I'm done. <laughs> Benedict Cumberbatch resurrecting Cliff Robertson. <laughs> <laughs> All right, show me that Marvel <laughs> teaser. <laughs> teaser for Strange and Batman, or Strange and Spider. <laughs> Andrew Garfield is Batman. I saw a tweet earlier today. Somebody was like, somebody had had retweeted something like, oh, the internet, uh, all wondering if this will bring back the Fantastic Four into the Marvel Universe. And then it was just a gif of somebody just being like, why? (laughs) (laughs) I was like, this is beautiful. But no, I don't know. It's very interesting implications, very interesting business going on, just reading about how it went down. 
apparently nobody's getting any money off of either movies. Like the Sony movie is all Sony's money, and the Marvel movies are all Marvel's money. So there's no nothing is getting traded. Like there's no money changing hands for this right now. Well, there would have to be at least to the producing team. Yeah, well, Marvel's yeah. gonna get something, but it'll be like that'll be like Feige's pay, like the pay of that they will be paid as producers on the film. It is not; they're not getting none of the box office return is going to, to Marvel Studios to Marvel Studios, and none of the Marvel Studios movies box office return is going to Sony. So it's a good way to elevate both uh, both franchises. Yeah, I think it's if if Marvel. You know, they found a way to make even more money, and it's to get the cash cow that is Spider-Man back in their in their court for a little bit. I wonder if we'll see any Marvel characters bleed over into Spider-Man. The, the Not first, likely, The but. first Slash Film post said that Sony and Marvel are investigating that idea, but who knows? I don't know. I hope it's not. Well... I would I would rather see Spider Man show up in like an Avengers movie than I like when Spider Man's kind of smaller scale stuff. Yeah. So I guess it depends on who it would be another Marvel. Like Daredevil would be fine. Yeah, like Daredevil and Iron Fist and, and Luke Cage yeah. rolling up on and even for like a scene with yeah. Spider Man to go, hey Spidey, what's up? And him be like, hey guys, and they have a little moment and then he takes off. That'd be pretty. That'd be pretty awesome. Yeah. I don't want to see too much. I don't want to see him get into the Doctor Strange relationship until a little later. Because I think that's a little. This much. this also means Spider Man can pop up in uh, Infinity War if yeah. if yeah. they're open to it, which is pretty. That's gonna yeah. That's what I'm excited about. That's what I've always been. I've always wanted Spider Man in for that. Yeah, well, I remember years ago, Willie and I were talking about how cool it would be if Marvel got back. This was before Daredevil was even back or anything, and we mm-hmm. were like, what if Marvel somehow brokered a deal where they got them all back, and then Avengers three or four or whatever, when you see this. Big, like, massive scale invasion of Earth or something. You get that tracking shot times, like, ten. Yeah. And you've got, like, the Punisher on, like, a roof shooting aliens and then, like, Ghost Rider cruising around and Daredevil and Spider-Man and all these guys that have been out in the ancillaries back. And now it's more and more likely that that's going to happen. Yeah. So, pretty awesome. That's pretty crazy. And then it all implodes because there are too many superheroes. <laughs> <laughs> too many cooks. Yep. All right. Anything else on Spider-Man before we move on? The the casting speculation online is hysterical. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you would not believe how many people legitimately want Jay Baruchel to play Spider Man. Oh God, that's disgusting! <laughs> Didn't it just make your balls recede into your body because it's so scary? And just... how is he going to do that when he's doing my Back to the Future <laughs> <laughs> callback? No, I don't know. That's weird. I saw a bunch of people that are like Donald Glover for Miles Morales, and it's just like, yeah, that was funny, but I don't know. No. That train has sailed. Yeah. yeah I don't. <laughs> that plane has I would been lost by a Malaysian airline. <laughs> creatively, it'd be Too amazing soon. and really ballsy for them to do Miles Morales. Absolutely. They're not going to do it. It would, but I don't know what purpose it would serve, really, other than it feels almost like part shock value, part like placating the, the right. fanboys. And well, and I think the younger Spider-Man thing would point to that too he would right. serve like he serves because he's younger he's not i would rather see them fix peter parker get get peter parker some like a bit of a role give him some yeah. good stories and then as he gets older then bring miles into yeah. it just like that would be cool it happens in the comics kind of yeah i i yeah it's weird i i feel like feige would be okay to do miles morales but i don't think sony wants that to happen because i don't think miles would make them as much money as peter does which, you know, but we'll see. Man, it was hilarious, though, watching the death throes of Sony. Like, the ideas that they were spewing out there. Like, yeah. we're going to have a female oh. Spider-Man movie right after that. And everyone's like, movie? what? Yeah, yeah. Aunt uh. May. Phil Lord and Chris Miller, do comedy cartoon Spider-Man movie, please. <laughs> we need money off of Spider-Man now. Please, more. Oh, yeah, and real quick, uh, I thought Amy Pascal was not involved in any of this anymore. So what No, she, she she stepped down as chair of Sony, but she still works at Sony. Avi Arad is getting no, yeah. no love. Yeah. I think... His name is nowhere to be found on He's the press. He's one of the big problems, though. He's yeah. where it started Absolutely. to go down. He threw Venom in three. Yeah. Is he involved at all in this? Supposedly, supposedly no, but we had some, until we're sitting in front of the movie and watching the title cards flash, I don't think we'll know for sure. I think he's he's still going to end up probably having some sort of credit on it yeah. just because he's him, but I don't, I don't think from <clears> what I've read. He's not going to be an EP at all. So. I think him and Feige don't really appreciate each other. <laughs> no, I don't think so. Well, because one of them's good at his job. <laughs> yeah, there's Kevin Feige. Oh, um. <laughs> right. 
This episode brought to you by Heavy Red. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I think that's enough for Spider-Man news for now. I'm sure we'll talk about it for weeks and weeks and yeah, years we'll to come. Yeah, we'll that towel out continually. Yeah. <laughs> Much like Slash Film. We got to get them hits. Oh, man. Got to get them hits. You guys got to listen to Spider-Man every week. We now have a Star Wars. Now time for our Star Wars Minute. There's rumor going around. It's, of fine. it's spread happening. out over five pages, though. Yeah. Has anybody read the Star Wars comic? The Marvel one? No, the new Darth Vader number one. I've read the excerpts from it. Okay. Well, there's an actual Star Wars, and there's Darth Vader, and there's like Princess Leia. There's I thought like, that was interesting that they're doing like series. actual series based on characters from Star I was, Wars. I was kind of interested in that. It's supposed to be good. The Darth Vader one looks awesome. Oh, actually, all, all the variant covers for it were amazing. Do we know? We're like super off track. Do we know where these are? Like, are they based in canon? Anyway? Yeah, I think they're canon. I think so. Yeah. The actual Star Wars comic that's out right now is taking place between New Hope and Empire. So it's okay. kind of exploring that middle ground. Interesting. Which was previously all like expanded universe, which yeah. is not considered canon. So now they're is that doing Shadows of the Empire. Shadows of the Empire is between Empire and uh, okay. Jedi. Uh, Splinter in the Mind's Eye was between four and five. Oh, man, look at me go. Yeah, what this was, is how it's done, though, was, Slash what, Film. What was we don't, the, what was we don't the, mess around. Uh, is Shadows of the Empire the one that had the 64 game? With, yes. Yeah, okay. okay. That right. was episode one racer we were talking about the other night. <laughs> uh, episode one Sebulba. Racer. It was pretty beautiful, yes. Sebulba like shout out for Gojo. Sebulba. <laughs> <laughs> All right, now that we've gone completely off of the pod racing track, we should get back on with our review of the Wachowskis Jupiter Sadly. Ascending. Oh. This has some similarities with episode yes, one. Yes, it does. <laughs> Actually, oh. yeah. uh, IMDb synopsis says, In a bright and colorful future, a young destitute caretaker gets targeted by, ruthless, by the ruthless son of a powerful family who lives on a planet in need of a new heir, so she travels with a genetically engineered warrior to the planet in order to stop his tyrant reign. That was all one sentence. Jesus. Uh, this movie is starring Channing Tatum, Mila Kunis, Eddie Redmayne, Sean Bean... And uh, many other actors and actresses. Many other people. Yes, many other people. Um, yes, yeah, so Jupiter Ascending. Long time coming, I think. Kind of. It got a delay, a pretty big delay. Mm-hmm. Uh, supposedly to work on the effects. But I think it's more to the uh, first IMDb trivia, which is that Jupiter is currently ascending or something in the celestial, I don't know. <laughs> something like that. Oh, man, they really nailed <laughs> that <laughs> with great right. marketing. Yeah. <laughs> When Jupiter ascends, see Jupiter ascending. <laughs> God, I hope that's it. That's yeah. That was that was the TV. You didn't see the TV spot. No. <laughs> Did they do that? No. Oh my God, I'm so gullible, but I'm so excited about it. No, my ideas are just so pure. And you have to fall for them. <laughs> you are a marketing master. Anyway, uh, we could do a quick. This is the first Wachowski movie that we're reviewing on the podcast. Uh, Cloud Atlas came out shortly before we began, same year that we started, I believe, 2012. Was yeah. that way earlier? Oh, uh, no. 20, uh, Cloud Atlas came out when I lived in Indiana. So that was like two years ago? I want to say it was 2013, 2012. So we, it was 2012. Podcast was happening. I think it had to be 2012. I think it happened like because we started with The Dark Knight Rises, and I think Cloud Atlas was earlier that year. Okay. Earlier that summer. Okay. But anyway, a movie came out. Let's yes. talk about it. Tim, oh, this, do- was, this is one of your most anticipated movies of last year, and I think it got an honorable mention this year, or was it actually on your list? Oh, it was my number one. Was it, it, was, it, was, it was number, number one, one this year? Yeah, it was number one. Was it number one last year? Uh, no, I think it was number, like, seven. Okay. It moved Not up high enough? because they okay. moved it back. All right. So. All right. Tim, what did you think of your number one most anticipated movie this year? I love the Wachowskis. <laughs> I do. Like, I lo- like, even when they're, like... I will stick up for the Matrix sequels a little bit. That's how much I love Me them. Me too. Yeah. Like, I like Reloaded a lot. Me too. I think Speed Racer is amazing. I think we've talked about that before. Yeah, we have. Um, Cloud, Atlas, Cloud Atlas I like. Um, Bound is really good. So what did I think of this? This is their worst movie. And I was <laughs> really excited about it. And even after the movie, I'm going to do another Weezer like comparison here. <laughs> With the later era Weezer albums, I remember the first time I listened to them. I'm like, yep. it's not bad. Like, I kind of like this. Yeah. And that's how I felt coming out of this. And then as I got further away, I'm like, this is not very good at all. <laughs> and they're like Weezer a lot because they're very nerdy and they're very sincere a lot of the time. Yeah. And it 
that's part of this movie's charm for me is I liked a lot of that. It's very nerdy and very sincere. It's just, it doesn't have any depth to it. Mm. Um, I guess we can get into that there. It's, it's just really pretty to look at. Yeah. And it, there's no chemistry between the leads. There's, there's just so many problems that I can't, it, it was, it was like a band <laughs> that you're a fan of. I liked it because I'm familiar with them. Yeah. And I like to, I like their hits and I like hearing their hits and I listened to them. Like I gave it a pass and then I got away from it and I realized like, this is not good at all. So it's not a very good movie now that I think about it. It's a lot like the the quote from Train Spotting, yeah. When he's when uh, Johnny Lee Miller's character is going on and on about like David Bowie and and U two and all the bands you liked when that you like all their early stuff and he goes and you listen to their newer stuff and you say it's good because but deep inside you know it's just shit right. it's just not the same right. And it worries me a little and I hope the biggest bummer about this and is because I thought they got 175 million dollars for this yeah and like. Oh my, like they're getting 175, the Wachowskis are getting $175 million to make a crazy space opera. And I was really excited. And it's not that crazy. No. Like it's not as wacky as I hoped. It's just, it's so small, but scattered at the same time. And it's just not, if this was four hours long and just four hours of them throwing stuff, I probably would have liked it more because <laughs> it would have been so insane, but it never feels, it kind of feels like they're holding back for a lot of it. And they're just throwing homages up to the stuff that there's stuff to Dune. There's stuff to um, felt like um, episode one. It felt like um, John Carter at times. Like yeah. it feels like them just throwing nods to things that they really like, but there's nothing there that's them a lot of the time either. So yeah. That's what I got to say. Nick, your thoughts. It was not good. <laughs> I, I went into it with like, uh, you know, being realistic, thinking it's probably not going to be good. Yeah. But I, I went into it with an open mind, and I thought at least I'll, I'll have fun watching it maybe and just kind of – but not really. And it felt – Tim kind of really hit on something really good there. Um, that it, it either – it's one of those movies that should have either been shorter or longer. It's one that just caught in that middle phase yeah. where people are having a hard time just – cutting the shit out of their scripts and being like, let's boil this shit down. Let's simplify it. And I think that's a huge problem for the Wachowskis anyway. Because we were just talking, uh, me and some other friends, about the Matrix trilogy and how the Wachowskis came to Warner, Warner Brothers and was like, hey, we have this great idea for this trilogy. And they pitched them the whole trilogy and Warner Brothers goes, Make that sounds great. Squish it into one movie. And <laughs> yeah. so they said, ah, oh, fine. And they cut the bullshit, crunched their trilogy into the Matrix. And yeah. it's a wonderful three-act movie. Because they had three good ideas for movies, but it would have been filled with horrible excess and bloated bloatware that doesn't need to be there. So trim trim the fat, tell a cool story, get in, get out, do something a little bit original, and there you go. That's where you get the Matrix from. And then Warner Brothers goes, hey, what was that idea for the trilogy you guys had? Uh, <laughs> dudes, you just made it. <laughs> well, write two more. Who cares what they're about? We'll just slap the Matrix on it and, and fill it with techno babble, and, and people will love it. There you go. That's what happened. So fortunately, we won't have that problem with Jupiter ascending. But <laughs> it's just—I it, I think they have a really hard time just cutting it down. And I think that uh, with part of the, the reason—I don't think we've talked about this yet on the podcast—but I recently watched Cloud Atlas, and I actually really, really liked it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think maybe Tom Tickver, the other director, helped balance them out, or maybe it was like let's rein it in here. But his segments of the movie were the strongest ones, I thought. So I think that they—they kind of need that. Maybe they counterbalance each other well, but I think they need that third party to kind of be like, mm, yeah, and the source, a little material. bit of that, a little bit of this, and like the source. They had the source yeah, they material. Just, too, they did. To they did have that as them. a guide. Yeah. So, and this movie felt a lot like they were trying. Like they saw John Carter, and they were like, "Let's make that. We have that idea for for something like that." But it's it's not fun to watch. Like John Carter is <laughs> just a blast. Right when yeah. it starts, you're like, "This is fun. I'm having a good time." Jupiter sitting. I was just shaking my head, going. Mm. Because I like got disoriented, didn't know what I was watching. Yeah, and it's <laughs> there's so much that doesn't make any sense, and in it, you really <laughs> have to like be really willing to investigate and think really hard about why this thing is this way. But it's one of those it's one of those movies too that we talk about that kind of demands you to do a little bit of work, and like this, inherent vice. Yeah, yeah, and then, <laughs> yeah. And this is one of the ones where I'm like, mm, no, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> I just had a, this uh, when I first left the theater or later that night. I was thinking to myself, I'm like, "This movie is 
John Carter banged the Chronicles of Riddick, and, and this was slithering monstrosity is what <laughs> oh, came out the other side. Could you imagine if they did a Riddick movie? No. Within no. the nerdiness that would happen to that. Be like a seven hour epic. Oh. <laughs> Continue. Okay. <laughs> it, it felt a lot like that where there were just weird designs and it's very lavish, but not particularly appealing. I thought, I don't know. I thought it was kind of gorgeous. Some of that. some of it yeah. was, but some of it I was just like laughed. I was like, this is too much. Right. Yeah. Um none of the acting is particularly good. Even Sean Bean. You kind of like Sean Bean in it a little bit because he's he's a little different from Sean Bean, but uh, that's about it. Everybody else just kind of falls flat. Yeah, Mila Kunis continues to blow. Um, <laughs> that's it. I it, think it, I think Channing Tatum was okay as he a was, character. He was okay, but his the, this is a good time to to read this this comment on Reddit, which made me laugh out loud really hard. Um, yeah, actually, no, there's there's spoilers in there, so I'll wait. But it's okay. hysterical. I have to come back to it. But it's it, the movie has a lot of either too much or too little. There's sometimes they just word vomit exposition on you, and it, it's too much, and you're like, uh, okay. And then sometimes it's too sparse, and it just skips right by something. And you're like, well, hold on, wait a minute, oh, whatever. I will say some of the action is really cool. There were a couple really cool fights. There's some weird technology in this movie that is I don't even know how to describe as like. Air rollerblading, yeah. which yeah. is sometimes interesting and sometimes really <laughs> hilarious. Yeah, I, don't, yeah I, I left. I enjoyed it, but it was more in like, uh, you guys are doing this, huh? <laughs> like, yeah. Sort of like, but I like, I like the idea of someone rollerblading around the skyline of Chicago. Like, that's a cool idea. And at times it looks really cool because they do a really nice job shooting Chicago. But yeah. um, at times it looks really stupid. I think it's kind of like one of those things where if you're – if you're in close watching it, it seems cool and intense, and then you cut to a wide and you kind of see it, and right. you're like, "Oh no, 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 no!" <laughs> like you, like you watch like an MMA fight, like the way it's filmed in like Warrior, and you're in there with the camera in the cage, and it's cool, but you see a wide, and you're just like, mm, no. "I'm not gonna lie, I think the reason this movie got delayed is because they saw all of the shots of the air rollerblading and were like, "This looks fucking terrible. You need to do something about it now." This movie spawned a lot of awesome jokes, though. Between all no, those, like, I, yeah. just, Talking about him in front of a green screen, just yep. now you're upside down. <laughs> no, there's a ship, and and the next day I was gonna send a video in the group text because I looked up a video for the Marvel, uh, con- like the X Men comic maker. Yes. Where you just have, like you just have to like click on the person and drag them across the screen to make them walk. So sometimes your dragging doesn't make up with their sprite walking, <laughs> yeah. and that's exactly what it looks like. <laughs> it's it's beautiful. I love the idea they did like a too many cooks and just like we're just. Took that one four-second clip of Channing Tatum making that motion and just pasted it, yep. like rotated the axis of it and just flopped him <laughs> around the screen. Because sometimes it kind of looks that way, yeah. yeah. And it's kind of beautiful. Um, yeah, I, I didn't hate this movie, but it's not very good. It's and it's sad because I like science fiction. Like there was an article published that that basically ignored any work Christopher Nolan has done in the past 4 years but they were like this is why big science fiction movies aren't going to get any money anymore this and movie yeah okay. and it, and it was it was it's interesting like i don't know i don't know why like there was that divide of people not seeing nolan's interstellar and inception as like high concept science fi- i mean it's different or like a lot of other big budget science fiction movies that have come out yeah, yeah. so but but i mean i do this is an, just another tick to make studios be like yeah this kind of sounds like a jupiter ascending i think i'm gonna pass on that project you know it's and and that's sad to me but i can't blame them i can't blame them on this one like this isn't this doesn't break any barriers. It doesn't do anything interesting. There's no nothing to chew on. I didn't. I didn't like a, a lot of the times you get to a Wachowski movie. Like Cloud Atlas is very much about like the ideas of 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 people being who they're destined to be, and 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 like there's a lot of like heavy themes in Cloud Atlas, and there's a lot of heavy themes in The Matrix, and and. Well, and they are things that are applicable to to us. Like yes. people can watch those movies and take that to their to themselves if they want to and, and no one's gonna walk out of Jupiter ascending going Yeah, I'm a reincarnated space monarch who scrubs toilets. Well that's, exactly. the, that's the thing is I mean their movies spoilers, I don't their know. movies have already had they've always had a lot of exposition. Yeah. In it but in the their other movies it's interesting and it's in depth. And at least when it with the exposition and the even the Matrix sequels, I was like the architect at the end, I was at least interested in what he was saying. This this the reincarnation stuff, they kind of touch on it, 
yeah. a little bit in here, but they just kind of mention it in passing. Yeah. And that's not something they usually do in their other movies. The exposition in this is really boring. And really it's either really slight. boring or very dense. Some very of it quickly. gets too confusing. Yeah. And I and I I would also maybe venture to say that it's not always in the hands of the most nuanced actors that can yeah. help you not only right. want to listen but be able to understand. Yeah. Like I can watch Morpheus explain what the Matrix is and instantly I'm entertained and I get it and I'm yeah. like, "Oh, cool." Right. And this movie a lot of the time I was like, "What?" Yeah. Can we kill it? <laughs> very yeah, uh, I thought the movie was very pretty in parts, and yeah. I'm a I'm a sucker for any space shots and like Jupiter. As that was a planet, very cool. Jupiter as a planet interests me very much, and I like Jupiter for a lot of different reasons. And kind of seeing Jupe. it there, yeah, Jupe, Jupe as it's known, uh, seeing seeing Ju- like Jupiter hanging there in space and like moving and rotating, like how we you expect we would see Jupiter if we pulled up in a spaceship is really kind of cool to me. I love that, but. Uh, there's really not a whole lot to like about this movie, and it's it's sad to me. But there's also not a whole lot of reason to see it in 3D, if you were wondering. Also yeah, true. Yeah, Didn't yeah. really bring anything also to the true. table. There was yeah. one shot of of Jupe that was pretty Jupiter, the planet, and that was kind of <laughs> kind of cool. Yeah. Like with with one of the moons crossing, like mm-hmm. that one or like a stab, establishing shot exterior Jupiter, like kind of that kind of thing, and it was kind of neat. But other than that, I was just kind of like, mm, all right. there were no cool no cool 3Dness. Yeah. Which is a, you a little unusual, I think, for a movie like this. You expect it totally. to be really I think sweet. It, I think it was shot in 3D, too. I don't think it was a conversion, which is really? weird. Yeah. But I don't know. Anyway, we should get into spoilers because we're running pretty long. Uh, we will be right back. Spoiler Terry for Jupiter Ascending. Yeah, I don't know. Anybody anybody have anything in particular that they want to start with? Mm. Do you want to read your quote, Nick? Yeah. I think it kind of addresses one of the biggest problems with this movie. Um, kind of two in one. The word vomitiness that it sometimes has and the mythology that it's trying to build. I understand that you've got a pretty... It's just too much. It's yeah. really dense. Like there was no, there was really no need to make Channing Tatum's character like a weird hybrid guy. He could have just been a human who was mm-hmm. a bounty hunter or, or something, or lower class, right? Just a lower class universal well, citizen. And, and the Wachowskis are so into like issues of class and and the, I swear to God, they they are just fixated on the idea of humans as as product as an as, energy source yeah yeah and i'm just like oh my gosh i get it like, <laughs> i get it it was really intense with the matrix like it was such a great interesting idea and it's used again in in cloud atlas and even then you're like okay i'll let it go and i think you forgot speed racer i'm just kidding <laughs> that's that's why i like speed racer because it's just <laughs> it is speed racer that's it um there's some class Stuff going on in Speed Racer. Yeah, 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 yeah. There but is. no, but, no, but it's no not human like, energy. Again, it's kind of relatable. Yep. And they, they just, oof, no. and and the way they they always try to tie it into commerce. Like, okay, I get it. You don't really like capitalism a lot. <laughs> yeah. You're making a Hollywood blockbuster, by the way. Um, <laughs> but this comment uh, on Reddit from user Armor of Inferno on uh, our movies, he's talking about. Uh, He's addressing someone else's comment about some of the technological feats and some of the things he didn't really like. And he says, my other major beef with the film was how the plot struggled to drop a mythos-filled backstory where one was never required, kind of like what I was saying. It didn't yeah. need to be so crazy, and, and et cetera. For example, Channing, Channing Tatum's character, Kane Wise, is a, one, genetically engineered, two, spliced, three, bounty hunter, who is a, four, ex-military, five, sky marshal, six, <laughs> skyjacker, seven, lichen, who has eight wings and a rank removed when he bit the throat of an aristocrat. But he has anti-gravity boots, nine, an energy shield, ten, and this gadget that lets him walk through walls, eleven. <laughs> I'm not even kidding. All that nonsense is thrown in the movie for no reason. He feels like the sort of character that my seven-year-old self would have created by combining everything I could think of as cool into a single ultimate character. <laughs> I totally... But that's so much their charm to me. Because they do that. Like, they will come up with a backstory like that. But some people don't do that. And a lot of people would make a whole movie based around that stuff. Yeah. I think I would rather see it that way, honestly. 
I I think that's more interesting to me. And that that's cool. If you make that hilarious Swiss Army knife character, yeah. make the movie about right. him. Yeah. And he has to do some of the stuff that you like he has you he has to show some of those skills. Like in that, yeah. you every new scene with Channing Tatum is a new backstory for his character <laughs> and a new character trait. Yeah. Like, he just growls most. He is a supporting character. It's not Kane Wise ascending. Like you should yeah. be writing your heroine to actually be interesting. Mila Kunis could have literally been wheeled around on the Hannibal Lecter human dolly thing throughout the movie <laughs> and not said anything, just stared blankly, and I would have gotten the same from her in, yeah. in the movie. Mila Kunis is not charming. She's not funny. She's not interesting. She's not smart in, like, anything, I think. Well, she doesn't, and she doesn't have, her and Canning, Channing Tatum have no chemistry, and Channing yeah. Tatum tends to have pretty good chemistry, if I recall. Yeah. With... Even, Everybody, even that actress in Magic Mike, who's not very good. Yep. I remember thinking, like, those two look like they get along. Yeah. So it was very odd to see, though, because she, she like it seemed like they wanted nothing to do with each other most of the time. They, yeah, it was yeah. weird. I just I've never seen her in something I thought she was good in, and this continues to back me up. <laughs> I think her role of Jackie on this, that '70s show is probably like American Psycho two. I never saw. <laughs> <laughs> And oh, uh, Eddie Redmayne also made me want to gouge my eyes. I loved it. Oh, God, I loved it. I, I love a good hammy yeah. performance. I mean, we, that's something that is oft celebrated on this podcast, for sure. Yeah. And he was doing his best Ray Fiennes impression throughout this whole movie. Like, if I think if you took scenes from Harry Potter... No, if you took dialogue from Harry Potter from Voldemort and just pasted it over Eddie Redmayne in this movie, you would probably not miss a beat. <laughs> Except it would be more fun to watch because Ray Fiennes goes there a little bit and goes like he has those oh, moments of better. over the top. Yeah. And Eddie Redmayne kind of does, but they always just seem weird and I'm like uncomfortable. His character is so like just he made my skin crawl, but not in like a, I'm enjoying this kind of way. He's not like a Gordon Gecko like so slimy. You're having right. fun watching him. He's just pathetic, and I'm like, someone just take a rocket launcher to that kid and. <laughs> Let's be done. It's kind of like, why does he have that old man voice if he's able to regenerate himself all the time? And he does at some point because like yeah. he gets less gray. Suddenly he's younger at one yeah. point. And I was like, oh, they he looks like Linus Roach at the beginning of the movie. And then suddenly he's young again. And I'm like, what? It's just I was I was confused by that because I thought that there was like a weird time thing happening at that point. Like they were way in the future and Mila Kunis is way in the past. But I don't. Yeah. And that would have been more interesting. But the. <laughs> The, there's one really, really awesome idea in this movie, and it's the notion that human, the human race has been around for a really long time, and it continues to exist as we know it, just in space, and way more advanced than we are. Yeah. That was actually a really cool idea, and by the time that started spinning around, I was like, okay, I care less about yeah. werewolf Apollo Anton Tatum, and, <laughs> which I thought was hilarious. And uh, and that story is actually pretty cool. And I'm like, man, take that script and and that's focus how they sold that. the movie too. Though that's kind of what the trailers were built around, wasn't it? Was that idea? No idea. If I remember, and I like, thought this movie all took place on Jupiter. But I'm sorry, keep going. <laughs> no, but no, I was. That's why I was excited for it because I liked that idea. I thought it was yeah. really cool, and then didn't focus on that. It's an awesome idea, and some of the some of the again they could have they could have delved into into their class issues and politics and that. That would have been a really cool movie. But I think they tried to. To cut it with this, like John Carter esque action adventure, and it the two did not blend. It, at it, all. Yeah, it feels. I kind of. It's so weird. It feels like they kind of were neutered a little. Yeah, like they kind of they kind of pushed out. They kind of backed off a lot of the stuff that they've done in the past and tried to make something that would appeal. Yeah, to people. And I and I think either it was them saying that, like, oh, we need, we should try to reach someone. <laughs> like, yeah. listen, uh, Andy, we should try to appeal. Or, or it was Warner saying, you knuckleheads need to stop being so so lofty and just yeah. bring it down to where someone will like it. I wanted this to be like their double album that just alienated <laughs> everybody else except for like their fans. Like this was their <laughs> thank you to the fans for coming yeah. out watching Cloud Atlas and Speed Racer and The Matrix and still defending them. But it wasn't. It was trying to appeal to everybody, and it kind of. Yeah, I th I feel like it's caught between this weird realm between like a speed racer, which is like crowd pleasing and fun and a yeah. good time, and something really heavy like Cloud Atlas. They like tried to they like weirdly split the difference and it absolutely did not work. But yeah, no, it's too know. much. Like, and the movie would abruptly kind of shift tones. Yeah, and, and there were a couple moments that I was kind of uh, I was a little engaged in like the and it, but it was never anything to do with Channing Tatum and and uh Mila Kunis it was the the big ship with uh with everybody on it that was trying to make it through that portal at the end I was like interested in that I was yeah. like I want these characters whose names I don't even know oh the elephant I'm, guy 
Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. That that was so good. That was awesome. Yeah. Hit it. <laughs> that was so funny. And our whole row started laughing. It we was couldn't so even good. help it. Yeah. Well, the, that's another problem. I, and this has always been a problem of theirs is they're not funny. Yeah. Their movies aren't funny and even when they try to, try to put jokes in, like this is not a very funny it, it's uncomfortable their jokes. Yeah. And uh except uh, for the elephant man. Because I, I almost, like, what a cool idea. Like, they came up with That wasn't a joke, though. That was purely serious. I did, well, that's so cool <laughs> to me that they're like, let's throw this elephant guy in at the end and then have people wonder, like, what this guy's story is. And we won't give him There are so many alien, exotic alien yeah. races in this movie. I love that. I mean, yeah, it's like in Return... He's the Neon Numb in this movie. Like, in Return of the Jedi, you see that face right away, and you're like, that guy's cool looking. He looks trustworthy. I like his face. And, yeah. and he, like, helps Lando co-pilot them to victory. Good job, Neon You see this little <laughs> elephant guy who's secretly the pilot of this whole thing. He wasn't there at all before. And, and, and they were like issuing orders like, fly us in. And the Indian guy's like, yes, commander. And then you're like, okay, he must be flying this thing. And then just suddenly there's this weird little alien elephant. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, Nick, I feel like I should chime in and say you need to play Mass Effect. Because the things that you love about Jupiter Ascending are totally dealt with in Mass Effect. Uh, yeah, I'm that's, aware. That's sure. awesome. Rick's but, been pimping Mass Effect on me for like I know seriously five years. I know. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if I have a whole lot more to say about this one. I feel like I did, but I lost. It's too bad. I, I really, I really wanted it to be like this awesome kind of space opera because we've even said on the podcast before, like, oh, this is there's a real re- renaissance of, of great sci-fi, yeah. and then stuff like this comes on, you kind of go, hey, yeah, shit. Michael Giacchino did the score. It, wasn't, it was really good. I, I didn't feel like it was very remarkable. No, I, but I didn't either. But it's another it's another John Carter connection, actually. I really liked it. Okay. I was not. I was not. It just didn't. I never noticed it. Yeah, it didn't really stand out. It didn't give me any like, you know. A lot of the times, Alex's tears are inspired by like big musical swells and really fantastical imagery, and I didn't get any of that. That's weird because I don't usually notice musical scores. Well, that is interesting. But I usually also can immediately just sniff out a Giacchino score without knowing he's done it. And in this movie, when it, when that rolled, I was like, oh, I had no idea. Yeah. So that's, oh, well. Yeah. We'll see what their next movie is. It's going to be smaller. Yeah. They, they, well, apparently the, the chief oh. content officer at Netflix is funding their next thing. And he's seen it. And he thinks, he said something about how it's the most... Uh, captivating four hours he's ever seen made, or something like well, that. They have they have a four hour cut of Cloud Atlas that's going to be on Netflix, apparently. Well, no, that I think that was the same statement, and I think somebody somebody who wrote an article messed that up. I think, yeah, you know, because he said he said that he's seen the extended cut of Cloud Atlas and that it was awesome. And then he goes on to say that the four hours that they've made for the next project is really really well, exciting. They have, a, they have a TV show that a friend of mine was telling me about called Sense Eight. Yeah, that, that that sounds really sweet. I think that's where they need to go. Is something like Netflix where they can, where you just let them go. They can spread out a story. Yeah, yeah, and just let them kind of go nuts with what they've got. I, yeah, I mean, because I do. I mean, they still have some juice left in them. So, yeah, yeah. I almost wonder if maybe they need to step back a little bit, mm-hmm. and maybe that in the end they're a little more akin to like George Lucas, where they're great idea people. And and then they need to let someone else kind of finesse their ideas a little bit and make them into a more digestible form, because I think that they sometimes just get a little carried away. Yeah, I would, which I would agree. you know bless their enthusiasm, but yeah, I don't know. I think they in that same story that I read, they 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 were basically like, yeah, we're not going to get any big studio money anymore. <laughs> that was really funny. <laughs> It was like a direct I'll quote. bet if you look up articles from the last 10 years, they've been saying that every two years. That's, for... <laughs> that's very possible, yeah. Like I, like I said after the movie about Mila Kunis, I said she's the Wachowskis of actors. I don't understand why people, people keep, keep giving her money. <laughs> and with them, I, I don't understand either because it, it must always be people that like their their vision. Yeah. They, they must be great salespeople. Yeah. They pitch an idea and then they go, oh, I really like that idea. All right. Have a couple million. All right. I think that is our review of Jupiter Ascending. Uh, feedback at MidwestFilmNerds.com, as always. Write us feedback. Let us know what you thought of the movie, what we talk about, Spider-Man stuff, all those good things. What do you think about the Oscars? Are they dumb or no? Let us know. At MFN Podcast on Twitter and Instagram, Midwest Film Nerds Podcast on Facebook and Vine. 
248-7335-MFN, which is 248-7335-636. Give us a call. Leave us a voicemail. We might play it on air and talk about it. Yeah, I don't know. Next week, we could be doing Kingsman. We could be doing Seventh Son. We might be doing something that's neither of those. We might be doing both of those. I think we should probably follow the critics for a week or two. I don't know. <laughs> what, what does that mean? See nothing? <laughs> no, Kingsman's getting good reviews. Is it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's at like an 80-something on I do. I would like to see Kingsman. Versus so. Seven Sons, like 11 that it yeah. has. Yeah. The Less only, than the only movie that The only movie that bombed harder than Jupiter Ascending this weekend. Seventh Son. I think that's it. Kylex Y, go watch a movie. Game Y.